Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about uncertainty. Are you sure, Karina? <laughs> Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are so glad that you are here, we think. Are you? For to sure. talk about <laughs> uncertainty in the workplace. This is one of those topics that we think tackling can lead to more happiness, joy, ease, and satisfaction in your workplace. And of course, that's why we're here, particularly for women. We want your workplaces to be fad-tabulous, and this is part of it. Mm -hmm. All right, Karina, so here we are, and you and I were having a conversation before we turned on the recording equipment about kind of as a follow-up from our show last time on Rituals. It's great to me, like sometimes when Karina and I do this, you guys, we like, I'm sure you know this, we just learn something big ourselves. Oh, every, almost every almost episode. Every, like, wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. So That's tell why me. we're so awesome. <laughs> so we're just still, like banking everything banking we learn. our and, information. And trying to put it into practice. No, tell, seriously, tell me about kind of your aha moment on the follow-up to rituals. Well, yeah, I have a our client. Last episode. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So I have a client who... I've been attending their meetings for a, a while now, obviously virtually, as we all are. And they've always been kind of flat. They're just, they just, I mean, they get, we get good Kind work of done. officious yeah. and zippity, yeah, just, yeah, they're just moving along. They're just a little bit flat. And we uh, changed the agenda up. And today I had a huge success. I said to Kirsten, I was like, I had a success. We created some, just the beginning of the meeting was different. We created some rituals. One of them was around just celebrating. So everyone got to kind of, go around the room and say something that they were excited about or that they wanted to celebrate. And then we also gave people in breakouts just 10 minutes with one other person from the meeting, just a chit chat. Nice. And it doesn't sound like, oh, well, that's not very ritualistic. But in fact, I think it will be. We created a little bit of like, like how do we celebrate on Zoom when someone says something great? You know, lift your hands up, woohoo, you know. And then also just- Because if you're doing it right, you're on mute. Oh, yes. So you have to do something to gesticulate with your hands. I know. I need a mute button for um, my husband. That's another story. So (laughs) anyway, we just had to, it changed the tone. It changed Mm -hmm. the tone of the meeting. We all were in it together. We had to share a little something, something about our own day personally. And then in a little breakout one-on-one, I think it was worth the time. It really changed the, completely changed the tone of the meeting. So Not only did we have a ritual, we did something else that, you know, those who study organizational psychology know, which is that when you can create connection in teams, the work is richer and the experience is richer. So, And your team is more effective. Yeah. So we're Mm -hmm. able to kind of do those two things and it didn't take much. It just took a little tweak, a little bit of buy-in, a little goofiness like we explored on that episode from two weeks ago. And I think it was a hit. That's great. I think I earned my money. I also... (laughs) <laughs> we want to be earning our money. I also think that though, you know, when I know that when we used to go to regular meetings in the office, that we would gather our coffee and our pads and our whatever, and we'd sit down and there was a few minutes to just gather and settle ourselves. And we don't have that gather, settle yourselves time with each other anymore. Yeah. And so doing something to replace it is great, especially when it's so intentional. Yeah. Tell me something good. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminded me of kind of what you were saying, you guys, on your Friday Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Like, let's just have a conversation with each other every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, the work is great, but the work is better if we relate to one another mm-hmm. and if we have a ritual yeah. and if we listen to podcasts. 
And if we're not fighting about who gets the microwave first, exactly. we need to create some other kind of meaning. And if we use our mute button and listen to Karina and Kirsten get to work, did I mention that? That'll make your workplace better too. Speaking of great workplaces, <laughs> uh, that wasn't a very good transition. I was trying. I was trying to get us to the subject. Oh, into uncertainty. But that was a great subject, which is why it was hard to leave, Karina. Thank you. So here we are transitioning beautifully into uncertainty, <laughs> which, so I just want to say when we pick a topic and start digging in, I do these big Google searches. Holy Hannah. Yeah. It's the topic of the moment. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. We're, we're totally trending right now. Can I start with we're a quote? <laughs> you know, I love quotes. Only if you know the person who said it. Legendary Horror author. Oh, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. He wrote that the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind, I'm going to say womankind, is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. And when I read that quote, I was like, that's me. That's about the only thing I fear is the unknown. And so this topic really resonated with me because, as you know, I feel like I can handle anything. I just need to know what it is. What's the plan? Can I just make a plan? Yeah. So anyway, it was interesting to dig into this. And of course, we're in the middle of some of the most uncertain times times ever Yeah, in our lives. You know, I struggle with that uncertainty too. I always kind of joke. I say, you know, I can just deal with anything as long as I know how long it's going to be. Like when I had my babies, I was like, okay, so this is not great, but how long is it going to last, right? Yes. And so I, I have my own brand of uncertainty, right? A fear, I mean, yeah, yes. a fear around uncertainty. Yes, my fear around uncertainty and my discomfort with it and my kind of inability to hold it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we're not alone. In fact, uh, you know, as we like to do, you and I dug into the science of this. And I love the brain science of uncertainty and the things that it does. Because it, it, for me, when I read this, when I read stuff that uh, about how other people are have felt or do feel the same way I do, and that there's actually a neurological reason for it. It's super helpful. It's helpful. It kind of normalizes the emotions. It makes me realize that, you know, there are some things that I'm in control of, but not much. And yeah. It, this were, whole idea, I mean, this is the thing that we come back to again and again, is what is your brain doing? Mm-hmm. Because understanding what your brain is doing gives you the ability to normalize it. Yeah. And once it's normalized, it's like nothing to worry. Then you don't have to really worry, right? Like if you're sweating and you're like, you know, your heart is racing, you can say to yourself, ah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Right. I got I got my panelliners in my, my I've in got my, my panelliners in my in, in my, my jacket in my jacket armpits <laughs> and I now I know why I'm sweating. Okay, so one of the studies that we read about talks about this impact of uncertainty on your brain and on your body. And frankly, it really did make me feel like uh, like oh, I'm not a control freak. There's a reason why I feel like this, and that is maybe you're a little bit of a control freak. Okay. but there's yeah, also a reason. I know my friends and family are really in there. Like, there's uh, also you are. There's also a reason but for so, the feeling. Uh, yeah, so uncertainty really creates this kind of outsized emotional reactivity to this negative experience or emotion, and it can cause hyper vigilance in an individual. And so the author of the article that we were reading says, basically, in other words, uncertainty acts like rocket fuel for worry. It causes people to see threats everywhere they look, and at the same time, it makes them more likely to react emotionally in response to those threats. Our brains are so interesting. They routinize everything. 
What does they that mean? Routinize, make regular. Oh. They make regular. Oh, like routine. Routine. They routinize the things that we see. I mean, it's about the people we see, the faces we see, what we think is right in a particular situation, what we are used to seeing. And when your brain gets contrary information, I always think about it like electrical forces coming together with uh-huh. a disruption. Sure. And so I think that's a lot of what happens. I feel that in my brain when I'm uncertain. I'm like, well, that's not... And then I don't know what my next step is. Right. And because I don't know what my next step is, I think we kind of from a really deep, like evolutionary standpoint, are we're programmed to react with fear so that the tiger doesn't jump out or the snake doesn't come out to get us. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think over and over again, we have these same very, what is that word I'm looking for? Like Negative? No. Negative, but like- Protectionist? Reactionary? No, it's just so, it's so in the back. Reptilian. Yeah. It's a super reptilian response. Yeah. It is. And in fact, uh, they're also, they've, they've, they have, um, they say that the more something, the more uncertainty. Be careful about they. I know. The more (laughs) uncertainty there is, especially if that uncertainty is coupled with gloomy hypotheticals, Mm -hmm. the more likely the brain is to conjure up Mm -hmm. and fixate on the worst case scenario. Okay. Fast forward to my life right now. No wonder, right? No wonder the days are a struggle. And it's interesting because you know, this does apply to work for sure. And there is uncertainty at work. There's uncertainty at home. There's uncertainty at life. There's health uncertainty. And so really interesting what your brain does. Like you said, that reptilian part. And then also what we will do to avoid yes. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It's which, shocking to me what we'll do to avoid uncertainty. Right. I see this in my work all the time, actually. I have clients that I really have to say, wait for it. Yeah. Just wait. You said that to me. I've said it. That's right. Probably saying oh my, to so many people. Oh my God. Yes. You want to make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, figure it out, move forward, move forward. And waiting to see what happens mm-hmm. is sometimes the hardest thing for people. It's not sometimes. It almost always. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I see it in my practice all the time. Dude, I channel you. When I say I'm channeling <laughs> Kirsten Barron, my advice is... Be patient. Just be patient. Just be Just patient. Just wait for it. They'll see it. Just be patient. It'll happen. It'll happen. You know, I was working on something related to COVID and informing employees about COVID, and I was digging into some of the research about, you know, anxiety with information, the same kind of uncertainty, or, or maybe there's a, a, some reason to be afraid or to have fear or something gloomy, as you said. And one of the things that I used to try and talk about this was the studies around breast cancer tests. Mm-hmm. So when women actually report more stress waiting for the results yes. of a breast cancer test than they do right before the surgery to treat it. Yes. Which I found very interesting. Yeah, because you have a plan. Mm-hmm. So that time before when you don't know, you don't know. When what's going to happen, do I have cancer, do I not? Yeah, there's another article called How to Cope with Uncertainty, which we'll reference, who talks about a couple of other studies, one in 2014 of bus riders. And there's a lot of anxiety and worry and fear when you're uncertain, like what's happening with your bus or when you're going to arrive. And they found that even if the wait for a bus turned out to be long, by removing the element of uncertainty, by giving the riders like this minute by minute update of what was going to happen. Bus arrives in five minutes. Bus, they, they, yeah. Like they eliminated Train all of that. Fact, rage, yeah. all of the rage and, and concern well, and worry. Well, that's true on like customer service calls. Like when they tell me, yeah, your wait is ten minutes. Yeah, I am fine with that. Yep, yep. They remove the uncertainty. 
Also, the one that I thought was really interesting was around gambling. So people who are already kind of predisposed to be anxious would choose worse odds almost 100% of the time. To avoid the uncertainty. To avoid the uncertainty. It's like my clients sometimes. Yeah, your reward is going to be way less. Mm-hmm. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. We can't handle it. I speak mm-hmm. for myself. I need to know the plan. I want to be involved in creating the plan, and I want to make sure that we're executing it in a timely fashion. That is the opposite of uncertain, for sure. And it's interesting because everyone knows that uncertainty is stressful. I'm uncertain. (laughs) But what's not so obvious is that uncertainty is more stressful than predictable negative consequences. And this idea, too, of uh, the effect of uncertainty on performance. In the Why We're Hardwired to Hate Uncertainty article by Mark Lewis, there's this one description of a study done on soccer players and how hard they tried, what their performance looked like. And if they were absolutely likely to make a goal, and absolutely not likely to make a goal, their performance and effort was relatively equal. Because they understood, they knew, they knew what the outcome was. Okay. If, in fact, they could make a goal, but it wasn't certain, they tried their hardest. So that's one of the dichotomies of uncertainty, is it can raise your performance levels to some of the highest performance levels you can have. Yeah, that is interesting. It's very interesting. I missed that. Well, I think what what it does is it releases all this adrenaline in your body, right? And you're you're in a stress situation, and many people try harder. Some people get shut down. We've talked about this before. Some folks get shut down by that kind of stress. Yeah, and Other some people, people, yeah, try harder. So the problem with uncertainty is it can create stress that affects your performance, and sometimes for the good. Yeah. Maybe not in the long term, but certainly in the short term. Can I just say one other thing before we kind of move on to uncertainty at work? When we were reading this, this really struck, what struck me was, it was very similar to when we were talking about, what was the episode? I don't know if it was like dealing with assholes or what, whatever at work. But the final thing that really struck me when we're doing our research about uncertainty is that it almost reminds me of when we were talking in an earlier episode about overt bullying versus oh. like covert mm-hmm. right that that in fact it people rank that it hurts them far worse for you to like ignore them and ice them out than it does to for you to be at absolute terror so someone so it, it's actually registers in that same part of the brain as physical pain and it gives people way more anxiety when they just don't know when it's unpredictable when they're being you know because treated it's all covert mm-hmm. bullying mm-hmm Versus overt. And I kind of feel like this is the same thing. It's like we can handle what we know. What we know. It's what we don't know that we have a very, very hard time with. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is I was trying to think about this at work. And the examples that kept coming up for me were really around my own personal experience. Like, what did a, you know, a career doing one thing and then shifting to do something slightly different, you know, had a big element of uncertainty for me, Mm -hmm. which I could talk a little bit about. But the other thing that struck me was how many decisions we make or how many situations we're in at work on a daily basis that feel, that are right for uncertainty. Yes. Especially when you don't have control of the situation. Like, especially when you're not the decision maker. The one that hit me, I think I was picking blueberries and I had to call you and tell you. You remember that? Yes. Was how the lack, how a meeting without an agenda can create this very condition for everyone who's coming. We don't know what we're going to talk about. 
I don't know if it's going to be, if I'm going to be called upon. Will I get asked a upon. question? If I, yeah, exactly. Do I know the answer? It, will I? Will so-and-so get into a fight? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Will someone's behavior be unpredictable? Yeah. I mean, the whole fight thing, maybe not with the agenda, but like that's another yes. uncertain thing at In work. a meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How How is this going to roll? What is my place? But even so, like I think when you have expected behaviors, that stuff doesn't happen. So I would argue that it's just like an agenda. It's just an agenda of what we expect in our behaviors at a meeting. Right. So yeah, exactly. And so if you haven't had that conversation or if you have, or you don't set those expectations or you have inconsistency Mm -hmm. or if the boundaries are nebulous or if you don't know what success looks like, or if you don't really know what your job is, or you don't know who you're supposed to talk to or how much budget you have or how much you're supposed to raise. And how that's all changing because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It's all creative. You know, as you're talking to, it's so interesting to hear you talk this way because, you know, we've not had this part of this conversation ever before, but it just has caused me to realize my entire day is uncertain. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times when I have scheduled time, scheduled meetings, things I have to work on, but I don't make up clients' problems. No. Like they just call me. You have to respond. Yes. And I just have, I am certain, I guess, and why, why am I okay with it? Because I'm certain with my uncertainty. Yeah. I know it's coming. Okay, so that's my strategy for dealing with uncertainty at work. It's really just like radical acceptance. Okay, Karina, what do you do? Well, I think I just plan. I plan and try to control, which is really interesting. My experience, my whole entire career, I think was a lot different, almost the opposite of yours, which is I tried very hard to control my day, my time, what I'm focused on. Because you're sensible. Well, I don't know, but it's you just are. the career yeah. path. And so I think that hard, hardwired my brain to want to plan, control, plan, and control. And in fact, you know, to a fault, I think. Like I said, I can have no plans. I can sit with uncertainty. I just have to plan on it. You have to say, this is my plan. I just not have a plan. Yeah, my plan's not to have a plan, like on vacation or whatever. So it is really interesting that we all develop coping mechanisms. Mine, you know, yours is to just be okay with it and sit with it. Mine certainly was to be in control. You know, throw me in the midst of covid my coping mechanism is not really working, or it wasn't there for a, for a while. And then you had to just make the decision not to plan. Yes. Or to limit your planning to what it is you could actually plan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there, we read some, or I read something in this article by Mark Lewis, Why We Are Hardwired to Hate Uncertainty. And I read that article too. I thought it was great, by the way. I'm going to put it in our show notes. It was really a good one. Yeah. You know, he says, we value control above all other capacities. And we admire others Mm -hmm. who are in control. We congratulate ourselves as we learn to control our personal circumstances. But control isn't the only possible response to life's inevitable riskiness. And, you know, this is true. It's completely true. And it's the easy way out, in fact. And I also don't want to disparage control because nobody wants a lawyer or who's out of control. Nobody wants an organizational consultant who comes in and says, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So there is a really important place for control in all of our lives. And self-control mm-hmm. above all else, which is, I think, one of the things we you know, talk about. But also, control is a, it's a farce. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. And that's the other thing that Mark goes on to say, which is, in fact, you know, monks, you know, have recognized... That it's all illusion and they operate in a hundred percent The monks, the yogas, the mystics, the yogis, the mystics, all of those people who live out there in the ether world yes. have recognized that there is no control. Right. And so he's saying, you know, you maybe instead of doing the Karina Hoyer move and just trying to hold on tight, you know, white knuckle it, maybe the maybe 
it's the art of surrender. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what we should be talking mm-hmm. about. You know, maybe it's the Kirsten Barron approach is expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected and and also trust that you can manage it. Yes. Which is a big one. I think, you know, once you really sit with something, you really sit with once you get confident in your own capacity, your capabilities, you can handle way more uncertainty. Because so let's talk a little bit about that. What else can we do to manage uncertainty? In my go, your go, okay, yours is planning, which I think is great. Sit down. What do you know? What do you plan? Is there something you can plan? I think that's a great strategy. I really have had a lot of success in my strategy, which is radical acceptance. This is what is. And I don't have to, I mean, I just know that it's, I just don't know what's going to happen, right? Unexpected. I told one of our associates today at work, I said, you know what? I've been to court. Every time I've been to court, something unexpected has happened. And I don't think that's not because I'm a good lawyer, right? I mean, I don't think I'm a bad lawyer. I think it's just unexpected stuff happens and you have to expect it, it to happen. Yeah. You have to sit with uncertainty. Okay, so what else, Karina? Well, uh, interestingly, I was at the grocery store today because, you know, my family eats restaurant quantities of food. So I'm constantly <laughs> shopping. And there was an um, article in one of the, new, you know, the magazines at the checkout that said, turn your uncertainty into courage. I had a little, yeah. Did I you had have kind like of a, a similar, little, yeah. Yeah, because I'm little. thinking, is that it? Like, I just have to be brave and strong here? I don't know. What about, yeah. So, but I guess that is one. You can think about turning your uncertainty into courage. It's, I don't like the premise of that. I don't either. I don't know why. Why don't we like the premise of that, Krina? I just think it's, that's not the, that's not the option. I think turn your uncertainty into like, I don't know, get, turn your uncertainty into power, into You know what I think? I think, Krina, that the, that it's limiting. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like it. I think that the concept of turning uncertainty into courage is limiting. Yeah. It implies that there is only one response, which is to march out there and be courageous. And that might be a great response, but it also might be a really great response to just sit in yeah. the uncertainty, yeah. to be able to accept it, right? Yes. I mean, one of the things that I saw when I was reading was this this language, become a feeling observer, Yeah, right? Which I think is, I wish I were more like that. I think it's akin to, it's not just, I think sometimes actually I will skip over being a feeling observer and just go into acceptance. <laughs> and I would just encourage our listeners not to do that. I'd encourage them to stay in the feeling observer stage for a while. Sure. Right. But so when you talk about just, oh no, you have to be courageous, it just strikes me as limiting. Yeah. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm going to be afraid for a while mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be complacent. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to be. And I'm going to sit. Yeah. Lazy. And I also think. Turn too, your uncertainty into laziness. Turn your uncertainty, <laughs> turn your uncertainty into a reason for bonbons. Turn your uncertainty into a Manhattan. And TV. And get or me that. A, Get me some salty but, snacks. But, you know, salty snacks, alcohol, all those things. I mean, in all seriousness, there is this part where we just have to use those strategies we have to calm ourselves down. Yeah. A little walk, a little meditation, a little, you know, conversation with a dear friend, a hot bath, a cup of tea, and things that I think really nourish us, mm-hmm. right? That really nourish us and fill us back up again, because that gives us more ability to manage. It's like bumpers on that crazy electricity happening in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And the whole cup of tea, it's come, it keeps coming round and round. I think that another one that I read and I, it was to 
utilize stress reduction techniques preemptively. And I think that- Oh, so the things I'm doing, like the things I was just talking about, doing that beforehand. See, there we go. You're a planner. That's, I know, I'm going to plan that. That's like self-care, right? I think what that means really is like exercise self-care. Really take good care of yourself. Preemptively. What? And you can manage, you know, uncertainty and some of the worry and stress that comes of it. You know, the other one, and, and this is also, I think we've talked about this in other episodes. There are, there's good research that says even forecasting out, you know, six months from now or 12 months from now and really getting a clear picture in your head of what that's going to look like can tame your brain. To the extent that you know. Yes. But even just like thinking this through, like, okay, let's say we're in uh, lockdown for another six months. Let's say that, you know. Oh, I've done that the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to think about. Let's say we're in lockdown and it's Thanksgiving. Let's say we're in lockdown and I need to have our firm retreat. Right. And you can actually calm your, the the anxiety response by giving your brain some certainty to hold on to. So you're not necessarily planning, but you're just seeing what the future looks like. Another one is also to talk about yourself in your mind in the third person. We've talked about that before. Yeah. 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 Karina can I handle this. I always in myself. Yeah. Karina can handle this. Karina's pretty smart. She's going to figure this out. And that's that trust thing too. Like yeah. falling back and just re- remembering, hey, I can trust myself. I've been in uncertain times before. I've managed through them. This feels really big, but I have all the schools and skills and tools I need to do that. Yeah. But don't say I. You have to talk to yourself in the third, third person. person. Kirsten has all the skills and the skills and tools she needs to solve this. Yes, Krina is really cute. <laughs> oh wait, that's another something else I tell myself. Krina looks really good in those pants. I'm just I don't know why I like to say silly things because I'm trying to control the situation, I'm trying to control your emotions and make you laugh. I feel happy. Okay, that's all I, I care feel about. Very happy. Uh, focus on what you about can. your pants. Your cute <laughs> pants. Focus on what you can control too. And I know we're trying, you know, control isn't necessarily the end all be all, but you know, there are certain things. There are certain things you can control. You can control yourself. Yeah. Right. You can make decisions for yourself. Yeah. And it's, I, it's interesting because I think that sometimes making, creating, like the planning things that you talked about, finding those places just to kind of hold on to the rocks and what is a pretty, quickly rushing river of information, changing information, and fear, frankly, mm-hmm. uncertainty. And so just kind of grounding yourself, I think is, I mean, I don't, I, that, that has to be our response. Yeah, I think so. It's mind, being mindful, being calm, taking a look, like you said, kind of finding the things that you can grab onto and holding on and then kind of riding the wave. Like we all get to practice being chill, as my son would say, that's kind of the place you want to be in uncertain times. Is to be chill also, and then we know when your brain settles down, you make better decisions anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we know that our listeners do and want to make better decisions. Because they want to have... Because they're amazing. Joy, eat, meaning, and ease at work. At work. Yeah. And we and again, you know, back to some of those things that you can control with regards to work. I'm going to say you can control... What is my role here? What do you expect from me? How can I, you know, what does success look like for me? What does the future of my employment here look like? You know, really trying to have those conversations with yourself and with your supervisor, or with your coworkers can create some, maybe some barrier. Yeah, some, some, it can. It can mitigate the level of uncertainty that you have. Yeah. 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 Find mitigate. the, yeah, find the things that you can. Yeah. Okay. So. 
I'm going to put some of these other things in practice besides being a control freak. And I'm going to try and stay in the feeling observer a little bit longer before I get to acceptance. It's interesting. You move to acceptance. I move to problem solve. I don't know if you don't move. I'm not saying you don't solve problems. I instantly move to what can we do? What can we do? Oh, I get there too. I for sure get there too. But my first is, this is what it is. Yeah. And you're just in it. Here I am. This is what it is. That's what I love about you. (laughs) Okay. How are we feeling? I feel good. I feel, I'm not sure how I feel. That's okay. I'm uncertain. About this. Did you see what I did there? I did see. Okay. Thanks for working, folks. Bye. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 